Welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, your source of information for living the best years of your life, your way. For more than a decade, host Jim Brogan and his expert guests have come together each week to share important news and advice that can impact the lives and well-being of those who are retired and those nearing retirement. Learn about issues like health and fitness, financial planning, social security benefits, investment advice, and more. And now, here's the host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Good morning, East Tennessee. Welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI. And you know, the winter weather has kind of come upon us and temperatures have been falling. And I know for me, that means turning up the heat, maybe having an electric blanket, and building a nice home fire. I love to build a fire. It's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, But believe it or not, according to the National Fire Protection Association, November, December, and January are the months for the most fires in the home every year. You know, home fires are devastating, and the Knoxville area has actually experienced multiple house and apartment fires over the past few months, including two just last week. And then one over last weekend where a firefighter sustained injuries. Almost all fires are preventable, and the devastation of fires can take months or even years to recover from. So I'm thrilled this morning to have Daniel Corcoran, or DJ Corcoran, from the City of Knoxville Fire Department. He is in the he is the community relations officer for the city's fire department. He's been with the city of Knoxville for over 25 years, and he is the official spokesman for the fire department. Good morning, DJ. Welcome to More Living. It's great to have you with us. Good morning, Jim. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's great to have you. So first off, when we think about, I want to talk a little bit about cleaning our fireplaces. Mm-hmm. You know, we think of when we think of a chimney sweep, it makes me think back you know, we all think back to Mary Poppins and chimney sweeps on top of the houses. But, you know, these days, a lot of people don't really think about having their chimney swept or serviced. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of that? How often should we be cleaning our fireplaces? Is there a difference in a gas and a, and a log fireplace? Talk to us about the main things we ought to be aware of. There is. There's a big difference between gas and, and uh, if you're using true logs. Uh, you know, to burn and heat your home with. Gas burns a little bit cleaner. You're not going to have the soot build up, the the um, um, the, uh, the creosote that builds up inside the chimney walls as you do when you're burning wood. Uh, what we recommend is if you're going to do that, that you ought to do it at least every season or at least or every, every other season at least uh, to have someone come out and professionally Look in your chimney, an old you know chimney sweep with the old stick and the and the bristles that go down, and clean that soot, that creosote that builds up inside your chimney walls. Uh, get that cleaned off because what happens is that buildup in there. Uh, when you have a fire, it can actually uh, burn that creosote, and you have a chimney fire instead of the fire being down in the fireplace where it's supposed to stay it will climb into that wall and you have a fire up up high in your uh, in your chimney where it runs through your attic and and places so you don't want that so 
in order to keep that from happening, you know, we recommend that you have somebody come out and inspect your chimney uh, at least every every couple seasons. If you're depends a lot on how much wood you're actually burning and how much you depend on that chimney or on that fireplace as your as your means of, of heating your home. Now, DJ, I know growing up, you know, my dad, we had this big fireplace. We, you know, brick went up the whole wall, and we oh, loved to build a fire. And it seemed like back in those days, a little bit of a chimney fire, sometimes I had learned was not a bad thing. But then uh, recently, since I've had my own wood-burning fireplace, you know, we hear, oh, a chimney fire can be so bad. And actually, our mm-hmm. neighbors had a chimney fire, and it ended up spreading into their attic. And it, and luckily, we were they were able to catch it you know, in time to keep from doing too much damage, but it did a pretty significant amount of damage up in the attic and in that part of the house. So um, I guess really we should keep it clean enough that there's never a chimney fire. Is that right? Correct, correct. Because what happens is that that creosote builds up and you have mortar in between uh, a lot of times it's a full brick flue or if you have like tile flues, there's mortar in between there where they where they join together, and that that creosote and that buildup will actually cause it to kind of like decay, and you'll have gaps in between where you shouldn't have it, where it should be a solid flue all the way up. You'll you'll uh, get gaps in between it where it's it's actually caused that mortar to to sort of rot out. Uh, in between the the joint, and that fire can get. I guess that fire then can get through there. A little spark is all it takes, and uh, and yeah. it'll sit and, and smolder for for hours. And it could, uh, um, you know, sometimes we'll we'll see that. You know, we say, well, what's the last time? It was two days ago. We had a fire in the fireplace, and then you're you're seeing a fire, uh, you know, in the attic area or somewhere up above. Uh, you know, a couple of days later, so it can lay and smolder for for hours and sometimes days. Now a chimney sweep, it seems like it seems like our chimney sweep, because w- w- we have somebody come up. We like to have somebody come up every single year, and uh, mm-hmm. so I guess every season instead of every two seasons. But we build. I mean, I burn a fire four to six days a week in my fireplace. It's one of my very very favorite things in the winter. It seems like they always just go up from the bottom. You know, they're going through my main opening of my fireplace to sweep the chimney. How important is it to come up, to come down from the top and clean out that cap area? Well, you know, either way, I mean, they're professionals. So whichever method they choose to, to obtain through the, into the flue, whether it's through, through the bottom up or from the top down, uh, just getting a thorough cleaning up and down that flue is is, uh, is what it recommended. should be should be plenty. Okay. Now, if somebody uh-huh. has a natural gas. Of course, you know nowadays all these houses that are built. You know, most people have gas fireplaces. Do you still have some dangers? What type of dangers do we have with a fire with a gas fireplace? Well, gas is going to be you know a lot cleaner. You're not going to have that residue that that soot build up because it's burning pure. Uh, but some things that you might, uh, you know, be be of concern are if you don't have a flame in there, if your pilot light burns out or some things like that, you know, where it possibly, uh, you know, lets gas into your home. Um, but KUB has got a really good system, their gas gas uh, uh, division and all. Um, to to eliminate that from from happening, and and there's an automatic you know where it cuts off if your if your 
pilot light burns out, that the gas isn't going to keep you know spewing out into your home. Um, but that's that's um, you know some of the concerns that people have with gas. Uh, not to say that it's you know that uh, you know that they're right and and being worried about that, but like I said, it's still a concern for people. Yeah, we really. I mean, I would think just overall, we always have to stay on top of maintenance with all these things. I would think. Mm-hmm. Now, if yeah. now, you know, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go go ahead, DJ. Oh, I was just I was just going to say that you know other other methods sometimes you know people still have kerosene heaters, and uh, you know that's that's something that's a uh, uh, alternative method of heating, and uh, you know you just have to be really careful about that. Read read the directions, read the recommendations on the unit itself, and what they what they uh, ask is is that you leave a window cracked because you're. You know, you're you're burning uh, something inside, which creates carbon monoxide. And if you don't have proper ventilation, then you can be overcome by the the, the vapors, the fumes of carbon monoxide. So that's that's one of the concerns that you have to have with a. And that's a different type of gas. It's not the natural gas, but it's a, a kerosene gas, actual liquid gas. Now another thing is, I know in the winter time, you know, we think about space heaters. Uh, not only in the home, at work. I know office heating systems tend to be terribly inconsistent from room to room. Uh, a lot of people have electric blankets in the wintertime, and a lot of people put out candles for ambiance and things like that. So right. what are the rules for some of these other things, especially the space heaters and electric blankets? Well, for, for space heaters, you know, you want to keep a three-foot radius uh, of, from any radiant heat. Whether that's a fireplace, you want to still keep about three foot around it. Uh, if it's a space heater, you want to keep three foot away from it. You know, don't put it up against the back of the couch or near curtains or draperies. Um, you know, some of these homes that uh, have the automatic um, heat that, that comes on, like a, a space heater that's in the wall or a space heater that's, you know, like the, the uh, baseboard heaters like you used to see. There's still some homes that have those. And they're on a thermostat, and they they come on when the temperature drops to a certain level, and that's great in the winter time when you're thinking, hey, I want to stay warm, and you pulled everything away from it. But sometimes people in the uh, you know after the winter month they forget that that heater is still on automatic, and they've pushed things back up. It's not coming on because the temperatures are not down to where it where it comes on, but they'll forget about it. And it lays dormant there for, for months. And then the first cold snap you have, when fall weather starts back, that's when we see a lot of uh, fires from things like that, just people mm. not thinking about those automatic thermostats when that heater comes on automatically and they push things back up against them. Yeah. Now, what about what about electric blankets? Electric blankets, are they're, they're fine to have. You just have to be really careful with them. Make sure that, uh, you know, you, again, you read the... The manufacturers' uh, suggestions, what they, what they, re- the recommendations, what they um, ask for that product in order for that product to be safe. So, um, you know, the best thing that that uh, I think that you can do with any kind of electrical appliance, whether it's a blanket, a blender, uh, you know, a anything to use in your kitchen, when you're not using it, unplug it. I know that's a little bit of a hassle, but Anything that's manufactured has a tendency 
uh, or has a possibility to to malfunction. And we see a lot of fires from electrical devices that um, have malfunctioned. We're visiting this morning. Absolutely. We're visiting this morning with DJ Corker, and he's community relations officer for the Knoxville City Fire Department, or the Knox, yeah, Knoxville Fire Department. And as I mentioned, uh, we typically have mo- more house fires in November, December, and January than any other time of the year. So when we come back, we're going to talk about our heat and air system, our heat and air units, and. Uh, how do those maybe contribute to fires? How can we keep those maintained properly, even how we position our furniture? So do stay with us as we visit with DJ Corker, and this is More Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Listening to More Living with Jim Brogan. During the week, Jim is a financial advisor, an author, and speaker with an MBA from the University of Tennessee who specializes in helping people in or near retirement plan for the next phase of their lives. You can reach Brogan Financial during the week at 865 862 6800 or on the web at broganfinancial.com. And now, Here's Senior Market Advisor Magazine's 2011 National Advisor of the Year and host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm Jim Brogan, and we're talking fire safety this week. Fire safety is so important, and this is a time of year we have typically the most amount of fires in the homes and even in businesses, but especially in the homes. And this week, uh, we've got DJ Corcoran on with us. He's community relations officer with the Knoxville Fire Department. And we're talking about fire safety. Uh, I don't think of, can't think of many more important topics to talk about this time of year. Uh, DJ, let's talk about our heating systems. How often should we have our heating systems checked and serviced? You know, that's, that's one of the things, you know, like central heat and air units, they're generally pretty safe. But you do have to, maintenance is required on those units. And what we see probably most of uh, when it comes to that is just where somebody hasn't had it maintained. And, and the things that you might see are, are just a unit that's overworking, you know, belts that, that uh, you know, could, uh, could burn out. Uh, or cause belts to burn out on, on a unit or a unit seizing up. And a lot of those things can be prevented if people would, you know, keep those units cleaned out. Like your outside unit where the fan is, um, there's a like a looks like a radiator almost around that. That those should be cleaned out, especially here in, in East Tennessee. You get a lot of pollen, you know, in spring and fall. So about every fall, you should, uh, you know, clean, you know, leaves. Uh, if you if you mow grass during the summer, any of that stuff that that collects in that that radiator type uh, material that's around your outdoor fan makes your unit work harder. Uh, sometimes you know you have like split units, and those split units uh, there's condensation, uh, you know, and they have a drip drip pan. And sometimes those drip pans, if if um, a lot of times they're in attic areas, you'll have a split unit where it's in an attic area, and there's no heat in the attic. 
So those drip pans, if they haven't been properly maintained and they're clogged, then you can have freezing water, and then it's still pulling condensation out of the air, and that's where that drip pan, and then it overflow, and then you have a water problem, electrical problem. You have lights and stuff like that in your ceiling, and then that water comes down from that drip pan and causes problems in your in your uh, lighting fixtures and can cause a fire there shorting out. So there's things like that that uh, that you see, but you know, like from the central heat and air units. Those those are some things that uh, and proper maintenance can prevent all that stuff. Now, what about floor registers and how we place our furniture if we put any other items on the floor register? What's the danger there? Well, if it's like a, just a central heat and air unit where it's just blowing warm air, uh, you know, that's, that's blowing from, from, a, from a unit that's not really close to there. So it, you're not really concerned with radiant heat like you would be from a, a heater or a fireplace causing a fire that's usually just warm air at 68 to 72 degrees so there's if that's the register you're talking about that type of register now there's other yes, other sir, types, sure is. you know the, the ones like the baseboard heaters but that's actually a coil that heats inside there and it, it produces radiant heat and getting something too close to that can actually cause a fire from the radiant heat sure now, what about our air filters? You know, that's something it seems like different people feel differently about how often we should change our return, you know, our filters. How big mm-hmm. a part can that play in fire vulnerability? Well, you know, usually about every three months you can change them. Um, you know, some people that might have dogs or pets that have create a lot of uh, dander or if there's, depends on the lifestyle, I guess, of the person. Some people may need to change theirs every month, uh, some, you know, at least every three months. But there again, changing those can reduce the amount of work required by your unit. So you're going to save electricity by cl- properly cleaning those and, and regularly cleaning those. And then two, you're going to the wear and tear on your unit, the, the, you know, because it has to work harder to pull that air through, through all the, the, the nasty in the filter. So it's best to change those filters, uh, depending on, like I said, what type of lifestyle you have, but at least every three months. Sure. Yeah, I know when I was younger, fresh out of college, I, I didn't always stay on top of those things the way I probably should have. <laughs> it's something I realized once I married my wife and, and got to know her daddy, who was he pretty much built his house from the ground up. I wasn't real mechanical growing up. But uh, well, anyway, that was well, funny when college, I first went. College life's a lot different, isn't it? I mean, you yeah, it sure is. You, if, it, if it doesn't stink, you think, okay, it's clean. Yeah, that's <laughs> and right. And if the pizza's not, you know, if the pizza hadn't been there too hard, long and it's not you know, failed and it, it's still edible. There's uh, nothing, yeah, there's, there's not something there. growing on it, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> now, hey, let's talk about our smoke detectors. You know, those batteries can sometimes become a real nuisance when they start mm-hmm. beeping in the middle yeah. of the night. We don't always oh, think yeah. about changing out the batteries. So what is your recommendation? How often should we be changing our smoke detector batteries? Well, uh, we we would always send out notification to folks, uh, you know, in the spring and in the fall when you changed your clock, you know, springing forward and falling back was a good uh, reminder to change your batteries in your smoke alarms. 
But now they make smoke alarms. They have a 10-year battery, and, and it's not really a battery that you can actually pull out. You just replace the whole smoke alarm, and they're good for 10 years. Um, so um, I need yeah, to get smoke, one of those, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's the ones that you just place, but now there's a lot of smoke alarms. There are different kinds of smoke alarms. There's the ionization, and then and then there's the... Uh, in um, the, the way they detect smoke, there's some like that will actually, you know, particles break a beam, kind of like the old stores, you know, like when you'd walk in, there's a beam on each side of the door. When you broke that beam, it set off an alarm and let the, the clerk know that somebody was there. But their smoke alarms the same way, and when particles of carbon break that beam, it'll set the alarm off. And then there's some that are ionization-type detectors, and it detects particles like on a plate. And when they detect those particles, uh, it, it'll set the alarm off. Both of those are are excellent smoke alarms. Um, but the uh, then you have some that are, um, you know, that they're wired in, they're daisy-chained. So if one goes off in your garage, it will set them all off, which is a good system. Uh, and they've been doing that since 95. So if you're, if you're in a home that was built after 95, it's going to have those pre-wired smoke detectors with a battery backup. So those are all all good, and uh, we have a program in the in the city of Knoxville. If someone doesn't have a smoke alarm and it's a single family dwelling, um, you know, if it's not a business, apartment complexes uh, or or a business, uh, and you're just a single family dwelling, you can contact three one one. Makes it easy to remember three one one, and and uh, leave them uh, you know message. You know your address, what you're calling about, and the city of Knoxville Fire Department will come out and install smoke alarms free of charge for you. Now, since we're talking about detectors, uh, DJ, what what about carbon monoxide poisoning? I mean, I know it's not very common, but it does happen. So, mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about what causes that and how it can be prevented. Well, any anything that um, you know is a combustible, uh, like like I say the the um, kerosene heaters where you actually have a flame and there's a combustible or an engine that, uh, you know, emits, uh, you know, byproduct, which is, is carbon monoxide. That's going to set off a carbon monoxide detector, and those are good to have uh, because carbon monoxide is what, you know, we refer to as the silent killer. It, it's odorless. Uh, you can't taste it. Um it gets it will actually attach to your to your blood cells better than oxygen. So so whenever somebody breathes that in, um, it's going to displace the oxygen that's trying to get to your blood cells, or, or that it normally would attach to your blood cells, and get to your, your body, um, you know, to your muscles, to your heart, to your brain, and it, it's going to be a slow death. So so carbon dioxide is a real threat. And some of the symptoms that you'll see with carbon monoxide is, is you know, like people say, oh, I, I just feel, I feel achy. That's flu-like symptoms. You know, feel achy or their face will be flush. And the best thing that, that you know, a person can do is get outside to some, some clear, fresh air. And that's what we recommend whenever somebody calls in to 911 and says, hey, I, I think I'm, you know, carbon monoxide. And that's what they'll tell them, say, go outside and wait for the fire department to arrive. Get out into some fresh air. Yeah. But, uh, I guess ultimately having those detectors are very important, I, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And sometimes you'll see people that will, 
um, you know, they'll start their car in the garage to warm it up in these in these cold months. And that's a big no-no, you know, because those, those fumes are, you know, and they'll say, well, I've cracked, the, I've cracked the garage door and it's going going out. Yeah, but you're still letting that carbon monoxide get into your into your home and permeate into the into the dwelling. So, um, you know, that's never a good thing. We're visiting with DJ Corcoran. He's with the Knoxville Fire Department. We're talking about fire safety here in January. Uh, when we come back, I want to get into things, uh, risks we have when we cook, especially mm-hmm. outdoor grills and some of those kind of things. I will have to, I'm going to tell you a story when we come back. You're not going to be very proud of me, DJ, but I, I had a real problem with a pellet grill, actually. I love my pellet grill, and I had a problem. I'm lucky (laughs) it wasn't worse than it was. So I want to get into some of those things as well. We're also going to have our dollars and cents segment. How should you be backing up your financial records, and what about your emergency preparedness for if you were to have a house fire? So stay with us. We'll have that on our dollars and cents segment. This is More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. show, television news appearances, and adult education classes taught at the University of Tennessee and Pellissippi State Community College. Jim taps into his extensive knowledge and experience to address issues important to living your best retirement. Join Jim every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. here on Newstalk 98.7 WOKI and visit him online at broganfinancial.com. And now, here's the host of More Living, Jim Brogan. This is More Living with Jim Rogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. We're, we're talking about fire safety, very, very important topic. There's more house fires typically this time of year than at any other time of the year. And we're visiting with DJ Corker, and he is with the Knoxville Fire Department. Uh, we're we're going to talk about cooking and grilling and some of the problems that we see there and how you can prevent that. Before we get back to DJ, however, it is time for Dollars and Cents. Want to be sure you are getting the most out of your retirement? For all the years of your retirement? That's the primary goal of More Living with Jim Brogan and our Dollars and Cents segment, where we provide you with an important financial tip that will help positively impact the quality of your life in retirement. And now, here's Jim with this week's Dollars and Cents tip. Let's talk about emergency preparedness and how to protect your financial records. What if you do have a home fire? How can you plan for the unexpected? So I have a few tips here. One, be sure you save important records in a, in a safe, secure location, uh, especially hard-to-replace records, originals. You know, you could do a bank safe deposit box. I'm a big fan, personally, of a home safe. Now, if you have a home safe, it needs to be rated to 1,700 degrees. Um, and that, you know, always something you can get your hands on after something has happened, it, it potentially in your home. Now, it's also a good idea to have a, finan- a financial disaster kit. 
you know, a sturdy portable folder or a box that you can take with you if you had to evacuate suddenly that can help you manage your finances from another location. So you could have a copy in there of everything you have in your safe or in your safe deposit box that give you your records and things. And then obviously keep all of your backups to computers and scan documents and keep those in a safe place in a safe deposit box uh, or in a safe at the house. Now then another thing would be to protect your access to cash. Uh, you could, you know, obviously everybody needs to have an emergency fund. It's always a good idea to have extra cash at home in the safe. And not only big bills, it's always a good idea to have smaller bills, especially even 20s, because fewer and fewer people will take $100 bills. Uh, and don't use up all your credit. Always have room on your credit so that if you get in a bind and you need to use your credit card, you've got ample room for emergency use on your credit card. And then just a couple of other tips. Be a good idea. Make a hard copy of everything in your wallet and scan that and keep that in your backups, in your safe or your safe deposit box. Um, obviously, make sure you always have electronic access to all of your financial accounts. And be sure to tell somebody else in your family or a friend where everything is. What if you can't be reached and people need to get to your stuff? So be sure that somebody knows where you keep all of your information and then make an inventory of your home possessions. You know, that could be a, vo a video or a photo documentation, copies of purchase receipts as much as possible and keep those things digitally backed up in your safe or your safe deposit box so you can show that if in the unfortunate event something happened, you can show exactly everything that you owned prior to that happening. That's our Dollars and Cents segment for this week. You can find this week's Dollars and Cents segment and others by visiting BroganFinancial.com. Check us out at BroganFinancial.com for information. We're always releasing blogs uh, and other resources. Uh, go to BroganFinancial.com, click on resources. Also, my upcoming class is at the University of Tennessee on January 28th and February 4th, Financial Survival for Retirement. It's a two-part class, two successive Thursday evenings. At, and you can either come live at the Downtown Conference Center. We're doing a full CDC protocol with uh, distancing. Uh, everybody be wearing masks, including me. Uh, however, if you're uncomfortable with that, uh, we are also offering that class online virtually via Zoom. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be simulcasting both. So you can either attend live or uh, via Zoom. You can go to financialsurvivalforretirement.com and find out more information. You can download a syllabus and also click to register for all of our upcoming classes, both at the University of Tennessee uh, and Pellissippi State. Again, these classes, if you're retired or getting ready to retire, uh, go to my website, broganfinancial.com, and click on Classes, and you can get our full schedule there. We're visiting this morning with DJ Corcoran. He's with the Knoxville Fire Department. We're talking about the very, very important issue of fire safety. Let's talk about cooking, DJ. I, that Cooking has become my new hobby with the <laughs> pandemic. With the pandemic, it really has. I've always been into grilling your, sto <clears throat> your staples, steaks, burgers, and chicken. Uh, and I've always yep. taken a lot of pride in that. My dad taught me how to grill growing up. 
Lately, I've gotten, since the pandemic, I've really gotten into smoking and slow cooking and doing either even some more things in the kitchen. How often are home fire situations caused by things in the kitchen or even outdoor uh, outdoors with our grills? Mm-hmm. Well, usually, you know, the grills are, are more of a summertime thing that you see. Uh, fires from, you know, just from the uh, either propane, the gas grills not having a good connection, uh, some things like that that maintenance should take care of, uh, of uh, any or preventing any fire like that. But some of the things that, uh, you know, that we will see is somebody heats up a grill and it's too close to vinyl siding or wood siding on a house and just that radiant heat will cause, cause a fire um, on the outside of the home and then to, to climb up and get into the eaves and then into the attic. We've seen that happen. Uh, we've seen some um, inside, we've seen some fires from, you know, grease. We're in the south. Everybody likes to cook with the grease. And that are preventable, you know, a flare-up, the grease gets too hot and it ignites. But people will make a big mistake and try to throw water on that. That that And it just, it will expand 1,700 times the water will when, it, when oh, wow. it's introduced into the So what's the best thing to throw, it. so what is the best thing to throw on there? Well, salt. what you, you know, typically well, I would take salt, salt and salt, baking soda, or just keep a lid to smother it. You know, a fire has to have sure. three things: it has fuel, uh, heat, and oxygen. You take any one of those out of the equation, and the fire goes out. So, what you're essentially doing when you're putting baking soda or salt um, or putting a lid on there, you're you're depriving that flame of oxygen, so you're smothering it. But you don't want, and you know, the other thing, if you put water on a fire, not on a grease fire, but on a other fire, you're actually cooling it. So you're taking heat out of that, one of those, that triangle. So, uh, but on a stovetop, if you're cooking, you know, with something, a good thing to have is some baking soda, salt, or a lid, uh, an ABC extinguisher. And that's going to, that's going to cover just about anything that you might, um, you know, that might flame up in a kitchen. And a, and a big mistake, a lot of people will think, well, extinguisher's kind of unsightly. I'll put it under the sink out of the way. You want to have that extinguisher near a means of egress, nor toward a back door or toward a hallway that's out of your kitchen. You don't want to have that extinguisher right next to the to the to the source of the flame right next to the stove. You want to have it away. That's a great and point. I, I mean, we typically have always kept ours. I mean, when you when you get you know you keep them under your sink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where that's, a lot of people. That's, that's a, how long? How often should we check our fire extinguishers? Um, you want to you want to check those ever so often to make sure that they're still charged, that the arrow is still in the green. Um, you know, as long as the arrow is in the green, and sometimes you can take them and just sort of you know turn them upside down because some of them they'll have a um, it's it's a it's a, a dry chemical that's in there, and sometimes that chemical can get caked up a little bit. So you want to, you know, kind of flip it ever so often just to make sure that it doesn't, you know, sit on the bottom and become, um, you know, useless. Um, on the grill, before we leave that, I do want to ask you about grease buildup in the grills. You know, a lot of times, especially with gas grills, people don't really think of cleaning out their gas grill a lot, especially mm-hmm. if they have a plate that protects the burners. You know, a lot of a lot of grills will have you know, plates or, or bars that will protect the burners from grease, but then you still got a lot of buildup on the sides and even could in the roof of the grill. 
Uh, talk a little bit about, and what's the easiest way to clean out a grill? I mean, is it okay to use oven cleaner? Some people say that's too dangerous. You shouldn't use that on the inside of a grill. Yeah, well, the, the best thing is just don't let it get to that point where it's got so much buildup. You know, just to kind of, after each use, wipe it down and clean it clean it down before it gets that buildup grease and carbon particles in there. Um, because those can become dangerous. I know we were talking earlier about lighting a grill, and we've seen some accidents, not really fire accidents, but um, injuries from grills where somebody might have the lid down on a grill, and, they're, and they've got the gas turned on, and it's, it's filling that chamber with, with vapors, and then they're trying to ignite it, and then all of a sudden it, it hits and sparks, and it'll blow the top up, and it may hit. We've seen it where it's actually hit people and, and knocked them out. I mean, it's oh like a, a miniature explosion. And I know you were talking about uh, one of the uh, uh, the chip burners, the uh, pellet uh, pellet grills. Pellet. We were talking about that off air, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that you had an incident where where it was it was building up. It wasn't gas, but it could have been the the igniter went out and it was built up with smoke in there. Smoke is combustible. People don't realize that. If you've ever watched a, a big major fire and you'll see a big uh, cloud, then all of a sudden it looks like a, uh, you know, like a like thunder uh, or, or not like thunder, but it looks like lightning. The whole cloud will just ignite into a flame because those are actually unburned particles of carbon and they're ignitable. Uh, you know, on a smaller scale, you could see that you light a candle and you, you light that wick and let it burn for a little bit, and then you blow that sm- or you blow that wick out, that flame, and then you can take a match or a lighter and hit that trail of smoke that's coming off of that wick, and it's like a lightning strike. It'll actually reignite that smoke back down to the source. So yeah, I had never. Thing. Yeah, I had never really thought of that. And you know, I was telling mm-hmm. you that because I had a problem on Christmas Day. Actually, I was doing a prime rib, and or no, not Christmas Day, uh, Thanksgiving. And I was doing a prime mm-hmm. rib, and I and I had an issue where the thing went out, and 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 I had a huge fire in my grill, basically bottom line. And you were saying that, that, that all that smoke in there, with the way it was trying to ignite the pellets and and pushing them all into the burner or into the the pot, the fire pot could have ignited that smoke and been what caught everything on fire. I never even thought of that. So with our smokers, I guess, I guess some, somebody who uses a smoker a lot, got to keep the inside of that thing cleaned, right? Mm -hmm. And keep, keep, keep that grease build up from becoming too severe. Yeah. And just let that lid open. You know, if you're ever in that situation, let it clear out before you try to reignite it again. Absolutely. So we're visiting with uh, DJ Corcoran. He's with the Knoxville fire department. When we come back, I want to talk about the importance of an escape plan. We don't think about that a lot, but it's so important, especially those of us that have kids in the house. But really for all of us, we should always have an escape plan, know exactly what to do if something were to happen and we're in the house. So don't go away as you're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. for listening to More Living with Jim Brogan. 
If you miss any of today's show or want to listen to it again, visit BroganFinancial.com where you can access the podcast and other educational materials to help you in your journey through retirement. And now, here's Senior Market Advisor Magazine's 2011 National Advisor of the Year and host of More Living, Jim Brogan. We're talking about fire safety this week, such an important topic this time of year. As you listen to More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI, DJ Corcoran is with the Knoxville Fire Department. He is their uh, community relations officer. And we're, ta- we're getting some great tips. If you've missed part of this show, I urge you, uh, you can also hear it this afternoon at 3 p.m. We, 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 co- we, we air every Saturday at 9 a.m. and at 3 p.m. You can also check out the podcast next week on our website. We'll have it up by Monday. Uh, you can listen to the entire podcast. Uh, DJ, let's talk about an escape plan. I, I know fire safety, that's so important. What should the plan entail and what about those who li- who have multi multi story homes and small children? We we call that Edith E D I T H, and that's exit drills in the home. And uh, what we recommend when we do that is making sure that everybody has at least two means of egress from their bedroom or from their home. And children, uh, you know, you need to make sure that they know how to open the windows of their bed bedroom to be able to escape if need be. If their if their first means of egress down the hallway is blocked by fire or smoke, that they can climb out the window. Make sure you have a meeting spot. You know, make sure that everybody wow. knows where that meeting spot is because there's nothing worse than seeing a parent out there running around and firemen are trying to come and put the fire out and not knowing where all their family members are. That's, that's, you know, it just, it ramps everything up and we go into uh, recovery or, or rescue mode instead of fighting the fire. But if we can, when we get there and we see everybody out by the mailbox and we know that everybody's out safe and you ask the parent, is everybody, yeah, well, okay. we can go about our business and, and we can have that fire, you know, knocked out in just a matter of minutes. Great. But, yeah. uh, uh, you know, another thing, is know your address. You know, a lot of times, like during the holidays, and we're still in the holiday season, you know, where where people come and stay, and it might not be you that's calling 911. It may be somebody that's visiting you that may be calling 911, and they know they're at Jim's house, but they don't know the numerical address or the street. So, uh, you know, make sure that everybody knows the address of where where they're staying, where they're at. I make it a habit of if I'm going into a building or visiting somewhere to know that address and the street, whereas if I have to call 911 for whatever reason, I can give them accurate information and they know where to come. Yeah, absolutely. DJ, if someone out lives outside the city limits, their homes are typically protected by contracted services, and many people make the choice to not subscribe to the fire service. So does that mean that... You know, would, if if they had a fire, would the contracted service show up? They will. They will. Um, you know, and, and here in Knox County, they're protected by rural metro. And some people choose to subscribe to their service, and some people may not, as you mentioned. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to show up. Um, they're, they're it just means they get regard. hit with a rather large bill. Some, sometimes that happens. Sometimes, the, the, uh, you know, the company, and I, and I hate to speak, speak for another agency, but I just know that sometimes that, that company will say you can either pay this bill or you can join and be a subscriber to our service. 
So sometimes they're, they're nice and they'll give you that option. DJ, we're almost out of time. Uh, you know, firefighters to me are heroes. They put their lives at risk to help save people's lives and our homes. What's the best way the community can support firefighters? You know, I think just practice, uh, you know, practice the things that we talked about. I think that that's, that's a good, uh, you know, good indication that you're, you're, you're taking those things serious. Um, we, we, we love to see people, but we hate to see them on, in those conditions, under those circumstances. We, we love for folks to, you know, right now it's kind of odd because we're in, you know, in this COVID kind of a mess. And, and, but used to, we'd say, come by the fire station, just say, hey, wave, blow, blow your horn, wave at the fireman. Um, you know, but like I said, right now, every, everybody's kind of, you know, locked up in their in their uh, in their places and they're not really out uh, publicly seeing seeing people but that's what I used to tell people just you know toot your horn blow when you pass by a fire station and, and uh, you know say hello yeah, to the that's fire station. Just express your support. DJ Corcoran you've been with the city of Knoxville for over 25 years and uh, thank you for all that you know your commitment to the community and all that you've done over that time and thank you for coming on the show with us this morning. Well, thank, thank you for having us, Jim. Thank you so much. Absolutely. That's DJ Corcoran on fire safety. He's with the Knoxville Fire Department. Thank you for tuning in this week. Thank you, Chris, running the board. Thank you, Jill, producing the show. You've been listening to More Living with Jim Brogan only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.